Hello, everyone, and welcome to Highlights, a podcast where we seek to identify, magnify, and help amplify a faithful brotherhood work. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And I'm your host, Michael Clark. And we are so excited that you are with us for this very first episode of this brand new podcast here on the Scattered Abroad Network. We're grateful that you're with us. As always, if you would, please give us a rating or review on whatever platform it is that you use. That certainly would help us out in any way possible. And also, if you wouldn't mind going to our website, scatteredabroad.org, scroll all the way down and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Um, at the bottom of that website and there you will receive information every single month about the network what's going on and and on some things that you otherwise might miss out in case you were not subscribed to that and that certainly would help us out and benefit you as well again we're excited for this brand new podcast uh, that we have put out here Michael why don't you talk to us a little bit about this podcast kind of the idea behind it and what we're hoping to do with this yeah I think there's a lot of brotherhood works that people don't know about and works that maybe people have heard about but have not had, for lack of a better phrase, highlighted for them, and to see what is out there to kind of promote biblical works that are going on, works in the brotherhood that are trying to promote the gospel in different ways that are different than what maybe you're used to seeing. I know for me, you know, I I travel a little bit, and I see a lot of different things, but for some people, they don't go much of anywhere outside of their area, and they're unaware of what's going on, and 2020 really kind of opened up our eyes to the works that people are doing, and this is an opportunity now to highlight these people and to showcase these works to as many as we can get. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that, of course, I know you and I, we're both with our backgrounds at Memphis, we've always heard um, this, obviously coming from Brother Cates, neither one of us had classes with Brother right. Curtis Cates, but he always talked about how, um, how lighthouses don't compete. Right. Um, so we are always striving to help each other um, and to help promote the gospel, because that is our number one goal uh, in this life, to spread the borders of his kingdom. And with that being said, today on our very first episode, we have with us um, the organization that is called Soaring for Souls, and we are super excited to have them with us. Um, I first heard about this organization when I was actually holding a gospel meeting um, in Muncie um, at the Town Acres Church of Christ there, um, and I met Brother Dennis, um, and he talked to me about this uh, organization that he was a part of. And I guess, had it even launched, Dennis, when you when you and I had talked about this? Yeah, we had. Okay. It launched last year back in May of 2020. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so Dennis, had, we had talked about it um, just for a little bit, and then uh, we reconnected a couple months ago about it. Um, and so I, we really wanted to get you guys on um, to kind of uh, highlight your your organization and some of the great works that y'all are doing. So um, Dennis and, of course, Brian is with us as well. If y'all wouldn't mind um, just introducing yourselves to the audience and kind of letting them know who you are and some of the things that you guys do. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having us on. Absolutely. Thank you for what you're doing. Uh, we, you know, I, I've thought for a while we needed a podcast like what you guys are doing. So fantastic. Appreciate, uh, appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, we're very excited about this work. Hope you guys will be too. Uh, my name is Brian Howard. I am a co-director of Soaring for Souls, co-founder. Um, I've got a Wonderful wife, Rachel. She's very supportive of the work. Uh, She homeschools our three kids, our three girls. We also have a son who's in the Southwest School of Bible Studies in Austin right now. And uh, and so I've been involved involved in preaching and and mission work for really about as long as I've been a Christian, I guess. And so just uh, uh, very, very excited to be to be part of the show uh, as far as an introduction goes. that's all I'll say about that. I'll have a lot more to say here in just a minute, I think, but I'll let Dennis go from there. 
Sure. My name's Dennis Dickey, and I've been married to my wife, Paula, for 30 years. We're blessed to have two faithful children in the Lord, Mariah and Lauren. And, you know, I made my first missions trip about 20 years ago to Tanzania, East Africa. And honestly, I just fell in love with the work immediately. And the hearts of those individuals over there, their responsiveness to the gospel. Um, Here's a country that's third world, you know, average income for the year, less than $2,000, if you can imagine that. And yet they thirst to hear about God. They're not offended when we talk to them about the gospel, when you try to pin them down on what they believe, very honest and open. And we just appreciate that about hearts like that. We yearn for that, seems like, in the United States. And sometimes it's hard to come across people that way that are really willing to listen. But anyway, my wife and I have been on trips as well as my daughter as well to Tanzania just have loved those interactions with those souls there. And, and really, in a, in a large sense, our hearts have kind of been branded for the loss of this world. And, you know, Brian and I have made multiple mission trips together as well to Tanzania and also to India. And one of the things that we learned very early on was from a missionary friend of mine by the name of Cy Stafford. And he always told us that what God controls will grow. And we kind of tried to make that a cornerstone of this work. And we really firmly believe that the reason any successes came out of this work and success in the future has been because of holding to those principles. Now that that's awesome. We're obviously super excited um, for the for the work that y'all are doing for the uh, having a mission minded heart, um, and that's something that is definitely so desperately needed um, in our world today as we look around uh, at, at what, what's going on. So. Yeah, I know that Caleb and I we share that co director and co founder label ourselves with the Scattered Abroad Network. So it's it's great to have somebody working alongside you. Uh, Scattered Abroad years ago was just an idea. And until Caleb came along, it you know I had no way of figuring out how it would work, and so I'm so thankful to him, as I know y'all are thankful to each other. And I guess my question for y'all would be how how did Soaring for Souls come to be? What's y'all's story behind this work? Well, that's a great question. Um, back in 2004, uh, so this started a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know how old you guys were at that time, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I was 10. Uh, I won't ask because it'll make me feel old. I was seven, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I took my very first flying lesson when I was in, in May of 2004, and absolutely I was hooked on fly. That was the first one I logged anyway, so uh, I think I had taken – various lessons or flights anyway before that. But anyway, this is the first one I logged and and I was absolutely hooked on flying. I knew it it was something I wanted to be part of my life. Um, But in that very same month, something even more exciting happened. I became a Christian. And so um, seven months later, I guess, uh, I went on my very first mission campaign to Tanzania. And as Dennis was saying, you know, my my eyes were opened to a world of people who were so extremely receptive to the gospel. You know, I'd been trying to, to, you know, as a brand new Christian, had a lot of zeal, not a lot of knowledge, but, uh, but, you know, I'd been trying to reach my friends and my family members and, and things like that with not a whole lot of effect. But then I go to Tanzania and basically all I know at this point is the plan of salvation. And as I'm studying with a Tanzanian, we get to the part to be baptized and, and they say, yeah, I want to be baptized. And, 
and you almost question, are, are you sure? Did you hear me right? Because mm-hmm. I just wasn't used to that response. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and so just, I mean, that absolutely changed my life. I fell in love with missions. I fell in love with reaching lost souls. That was the point where I decided I wanted to become a gospel preacher. And, uh, you know, I think that's what mission work does for a lot of people. Um, and a lot of congregations, it can really fire you up about reaching lost souls. And, uh, and when you get fired up about reaching lost souls, I mean, you are going to grow right. and the congregation's going to grow not only spiritually, but numerically. Um, but anyway, uh, about 2006, I began studying at the Florida school of preaching in Lakeland, Florida. And while, while there, I knew three things. I loved the Lord. I loved mission work. And I enjoyed aviation, although I was not yet a pilot. And uh, Mark Reynolds, who was the man who taught me the gospel, you guys may know him from from Memphis. um, He gave me this piece of advice. He said, if there is anything you would rather do than preach, go do that. And and obviously he knew the challenges. You guys know the challenges of of being a gospel preacher and the commitment that it takes, a lifelong commitment. Well, I knew I wanted to be a pilot. But I also knew I loved preaching and, and mission work. And so while I was in school, um, I began researching ways to use really all of those passions, preaching and mission work and, and flying airplanes, um, to combine those together. And so I started doing Internet searches. And, yeah, back in 2004, you guys might not realize they had Internet back then. And, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I spent hours on the internet looking at missionary flying organizations. And if you do a search like that, you'll see, or at least I did on my, on my internet or on my screen, there were nine different organizations on the very first page oh, wow. and uh, literally dozens of groups using aviation to reach the lost um, hundreds of missionary pilots reaching all over the world in Africa and South America and islands of the Caribbean and, 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 and Asia and all over the place. And that was really exciting news. I thought because I had found what I was meant to do. I was found, I'd found a community of people doing it, but there was one enormous problem. None of those organizations, no missionary flying organizations were serving the Lord's church. Every single one of them was, was based on a denomination. And so, you know, I thought, how in the world are we, are we this far behind? Um, this is something I just saw a documentary uh, advertisement the other day for one of the denominational groups. And it said that they had been doing it for 75 years, Wow, 75 years, missionary aviation. Yeah, And uh, so obviously it, it needs to be done. We need to get out there. If the denominations are doing it, we can do it. We should be doing it, getting the truth out there to the remote places. And so that's really where the idea of Soaring for Souls began, although it was not called that yet. Um, you know, over the years, I took flying lessons off and on, knowing I wanted to do missionary aviation one day. Dennis and I, as he said, we took lots of mission trips together. Um, but just kind of like you and Michael, I didn't know where to begin. Sure. Um, and so it took some time to develop that idea, and, and I needed some time to grow as a preacher and as a Christian. And, and in 2016, I stepped down from my full-time preaching job to work uh, with World Video Bible School yeah. as the development director. And um, 
And looking back, I can really see the Lord's hand in all of that because I learned a ton at WVBS. Sure. I learned about fundraising. I learned about leadership. I learned about professionalism. And I thought it was just a really good runway as I look back now to uh, Soaring for Souls. And so, um, and especially fundraising probably because, number one, mission work's expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and flying is even more expensive than that. So, uh, But I, I think if we can just save one soul, it will all be worth it, obviously. Absolutely. I think we'll do much more than that. But um, in 2020, then, Dennis and I began talking about going back to Tanzania together. And, and, um, and I sent him an email and asked him, hey, what do you think about this crazy idea of using this as a survey trip to start this, this crazy thing called missionary aviation? And it turns out he was looking for something to get behind anyway. I think mm-hmm. God's providence there. Sure. Uh, and I, I guess I'll let him take it from there and, and talk about his, uh, the beginning from his perspective, I guess. Sure. Well, you know, one of the things I think I've learned through my 30 years of being a Christian and serving as a deacon and elder son is that sometimes we as Christians seem to pray for things, but then we don't really look to God for an answer. Um, and sometimes he's pushing answers right there in front of us if we'll only listen to it. My wife and I had been praying for several months before that time about a, an additional work that we might be able to support financially and get behind. Um, little did we know, even though Brian and I have been very close friends through the years, that he was brewing this idea up and had been, you know, massaging it in his mind for so many years. Um And really, I think about this, sometimes some of the ideas that God gives us and maybe the answers I should say that God gives us, they may not may not seem normal, uh, may take us into a leap of faith. And really, to a large degree, I think that's kind of what this work is about. We're taking steps similar to what the Scattered Abroad Network is doing that maybe few have done before. And we're just trying to follow God's leadership on things and, you know, see the vision and, you know, try to understand where he wants us to progress so that we can save souls. You know, there's very few mission works in the in the kingdom today, really, the Lord's kingdom that try to go to those in our in true isolation. Uh, Sure, we go to the very populated places for the most part, but it for the most part, we don't go off the beaten path. There's dangers there. There's difficulties there. Things that we're able to do, thankfully, with the with airplanes, we can get to some places and to some souls that are still needing the gospel. You know, it's pretty stark to me when I think about the statistics I was looking at this morning said that 163,000 souls will depart for eternity just today. And nearly 80,000 of those people have never really been presented the gospel at all. So those souls are just departing into eternity for what? The judgment of God and obviously unprepared to meet that judgment. But these are valuable souls that are out in these rural communities. And we as Christians need to make an effort, we feel, to get to some of those. So when Brian came to me there in May of 2020 and said, what do you think of this idea? It just really seemed like the providence of God. It was what Paul and I had been praying about. And so we wanted to give it a shot. We talked about those ideas and then wanted to join in, of course, and support the work that Brian had started. You know, I didn't ask listeners today, you know, 
do we want to hear on that day of judgment? Why didn't you go to those that were lost, truly lost? I mean, sometimes we have trouble going to our very next door neighbors because they don't seem like they want to hear. Right. But, you know, as Brian said, there are souls out there that really need the gospel and want to hear it in these isolated places that we'll talk about in the future. Um, and Brian will kind of tell you more about that. But, you know, we just seen firsthand that it's that it's refreshing to have souls out there to be able to plant the seed. And so many of them obey the gospel in places like Tanzania and other countries. Um, you know, some have probably asked us along the way because um, we've been working on this for a year now or so. You know, aren't there some difficulties to this? Well, yeah, there are. There are a lot of difficulties associated with it. But I think about, you know, we read stories. We read about Abram and it taking his family from Ur of Chaldea to the promised land. We think about David defeating Goliath. We think about the Israelites and Moses passing on the Red Sea. And sometimes I think we maybe read those stories and they're, they, they mean something to us, but we don't see how could something like this apply to our lives. We may be kind of discount that God wants to do spectacular things in our lives as well to affect the lost. I mean, is God concerned about the souls that are lost in the Bahamas? Absolutely. Just as much as he is in Daleville, Indiana, where I reside. And so in a real sense, you know, we're trying to take those steps forward to try to help those that are out there. Um, you know, the last point I kind of want to make on this kind of comes from my favorite Christian living verse in, in the Bible. Um, it comes from in Hebrews chapter 12, and it speaks about running the race that's set before us with endurance and look to Jesus on those steps. And um, you might not believe it, but uh, this 190 pound man that you see here, I've not always been this big. Um, in, in high school, I was 165 pounds and I, and I ran, ran cross country and um, didn't run well, but I did, <laughs> I did run. But I, know, I always know that our coaches were always telling us when we'd approach that last half mile, finish strong. They'd always say, Dennis, finish the race strong. And I think about my life and, you know, none of us know how many more days that we have in front of us, but it feels like to me that the Holy Spirit is kind of begging us as Christians to think about our life as a race and think about the fact that we might not have many more years. What are we going to do? Are we going to finish strong for the Lord? And I just encourage listeners to think about that in their lives. Perhaps this is an opportunity for you to get involved, maybe not just financially, maybe not just with prayer support, but maybe you've wanted to pursue aviation and missions work together. And we are going to, Lord willing, have lots of opportunities to involve volunteers now and in the future. So appreciate that question so much, guys. Yeah, and if if no one steps up, none of these works exist. And that's exactly what the, the Bible has always had stories about. You know, when when the Israelites are fighting against the Philistines and Goliath is, you know, tormenting them, David says, I'll go, I'll fight. And so we've got this precedent set that if no one says they'll go do it, works like this don't exist. And so I, I commend you because I would have never thought about this. And that is <laughs> such an impressive, you know, detail uh, you know, that you've given us about this work. I'm very, very excited to hear that something like this exists. Yeah, it, it reminds me of Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, where mm -hmm. Isaiah says, 
here am I, send me. I'm, I'm yeah, stepping yeah. up to the plate. I'm ready to do the job. What can I do? Um, and it's a question I mean, that every Christian needs to ask. Not every Christian does ask, but it's, it's a question that we all need to ask as faithful Christians. What can we do to be serving our God? One, um, and this was not one of the questions we had asked, but, and I've heard this from so many people um, who have done mission work. I have not had the pleasure of going and doing any kind of mission work yet. I would love to at some point. Um, but let me ask you this. Why is it that people seem so receptive in this field of mission. When you go to these other countries, why is it? And Brian, you'd mentioned this, that they're so, you're not used to it because over here, it's not like that. <laughs> you know, you, right. you ask somebody and a lot of times you just get uh, get a no or maybe not even an answer at all. Um, so why is it overseas? So many people are so receptive and so hungry for the truth. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a million different answers, but I guess a lot of the times they have not been uh, influenced, well, uh, corrupted, I guess, by our affluency, the Western sure. the Western living, and they're looking for something, I think. I mean, they're looking for something better than the way their life is right now. When you go up to a, a mud hut with, you know, a lady sweeping the dirt, <laughs> I mean, they don't have a lot. Right. Um, sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't know, especially now because of technology, they know a little bit more about what's out there and what they could have that they don't have. But I think they're searching a whole lot more than we are. Obviously, in Western society, it just seems like affluency is killing our souls. <laughs> and uh, even in our own, even the best Christians in America probably can look at their lives and think, man, okay, there's so much I have that I don't need. I could be using this to serve the Lord better. Um, they don't have that barrier quite as much as we do, sure. I think. Dennis may have another view of that. You know, I agree with the affluency side of it. Um, it seems like as Americans, we're taught about American pride. You know, we, we you know, mm. our pride in America. But, you know, really that pride needs to be rooted in God. And he, he is everything that America has ever became has become because of God Almighty and people that followed him. And it just seems like we've drifted so far from the shores of where God wants us to be. And we've been taught that we can do this on our own. You know, we, we don't need anybody else's help. And in fact, at times when we try to help other people, they're like, no, 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 this is this, you know, I've got this. And it seems when we go to some of those countries that are third world in nature, they don't have all those things. So they don't know, you know, and they haven't been branded by that in a way to, to trust in themselves. They're looking for help. They're looking for answers. Um, and, you know, the one other thing I might just add, and it's kind of a caveat to this in a way, but, you know, Brian and I are pretty average guys. And as I think about some of the, the work that, you know, and some of the things that where this work has taken us even so far, we can just see God's handiwork in this. But, you know, you think about Moses, <laughs> um, you know, he wasn't really all that gifted. And you think about Peter and you think about other, you know, the apostles, you know, they're, they're farmers, they're, they're fishermen, you know, they don't have a lot of great qualifications, but, you know, it seems like God will use a trusting heart, a heart that really wants to, to do. And it seems also God puts us in contact on these mission fields with those individuals that need to hear the message. I know you're exactly. I'll go. I'll go ahead. No, go no, go ahead. Uh, I'll go a step further than that because we were talking about you know here my and me Isaiah said and and uh, <laughs> we are certainly average guys um, and and 
there are probably a whole lot more qualified men and people who could do better mission work, who could certainly, who are better pilots. I mean, uh, I just gave a presentation about this work to a congregation uh, Sunday and the guy, one guy came up and said he was a black Hawk pilot in the military. And so I'm thinking, man, I'm barely a private pilot trying to start this mission work. But the point is nobody else is doing it. Right. And so we are looking for all the help we can get as to how to make it work and all of that, but uh, we're doing our best and, and we are willing. And so, um, but like Dennis said, here we are, we're willing. Yes. We're just average guys. A lot of times God used just the average guys though. And, and I, I feel like that's the way it is for us. That's exactly right. One of the things my, I've got a friend who he actually said this just the other day, um, but he said that God always uses imperfect people to carry out his perfect plan. Um, and um, we are just mere individuals, just mere lowly servants on this earth doing all that we can. Like Dennis talked about um, how we've got to put all of our confidence and pride in God and what he's done for us. Um, and it goes back to, I think about Proverbs chapter three, um, where it talks about trusting in God with all of our heart. He's going to acknowledge him and he'll, he'll show us where we need to go. I think about Jeremiah 10 verse 23, um, and several other passages that talk about how we need to put our faith, our hope and our trust in God, because he's the one who's going to carry us through, um, in this life. Um, and so what a, what a blessing it is to meet people like people like y'all who have a heart for something like this and who are then willing to step up. I think there's a lot of people who have a desire maybe to do something like this, but then never carry it out. Um, and so how exciting it is for um, people like me and Michael, who we've spent hours and hours um, behind screens together or, or talking on the phone about how to get something like this to, to be put together and to work. And so I know, you know, we know somewhat of kind of what y'all have had to go yeah. through <laughs> of trying to put this together and get it off the ground and get it running. And so what a blessing it is certainly uh, to see where you guys are at. And so I guess with that being said, um, you know, when Michael and I first started um, the the network, the Scatterbrod Network, we talked about who we wanted on the network with us, who we wanted to work with, who we wanted hosting podcasts, who we wanted doing different things like that. And that was something that was very important to us. We didn't want to just pick, you know, random people um, at just just a, a first thought, but we vetted everybody that, that, that we thought about people. There were people that we knew, people that we had relationships with. Um, and so talk about a little bit about your team, um, who they are and kind of some of the roles that they fill uh, within your organization. Dennis, you want to take that? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I serve as a co-director with Brian involved in this. And, you know, my main focus is kind of trying to establish this work in Tanzania a Tanzania, East Africa, uh, Tanzania, for those of you who might not know, sits just to the south of, of Kenya. Um, and we've been there, I think I've been there seven times, and Brian's been there three or four times as well. But um, my work is to try to promote the work, to try to, to enlist help from others, give presentations and such. And then I also try to, to maintain the SoaringForSouls.com website that we have. Brian, as he mentioned before, he's co-director as well. He establishes the vision for the work. Um, he and I, we often find probably like you and, you and Michael do, that you bounce ideas back and forth off one another to, to build ideas and um, kind of vet those in it to a degree. 
but he's going to be overseeing the first international work that we do with the with the Bahamas missions work. Him and um, Casey Oakley will be involved in that. Casey's a pretty more experienced pilot. We're very, very happy to have him on board to help with things um, associated with this work. And so Brian also gives presentations and, and is, is part of the fundraising. And I just might add that, you know, this is such a step forward for, for both of us, but more so for Brian in the sense that, he had a steady preaching job <laughs> and he's going into this work full time. Um, I think that says a lot about the man, Brian Howard, as a, as a whole, that he's willing to to take his family, his three daughters and his son and his wife involved in this work and to to to, re, to basically step out on faith and say, I, you know, I trust that God's going to to give us the support dollars that we need. Um, and so this is really, you know, a, a great step forward. Uh, we're only about a maybe a month or so into that particular side of the journey, but God has been delivering to us, seeing so many qualified individuals that are helping us on this work. Um, great example of that, um, Tim Taylor, who was the preacher at Town Acres just a few months ago, him and his wife, Anne, moved down to, to Florida not long ago because of a, a job that his wife had there with the um, Phoebe Putney Hospital. But Anyway, um, he has joined the, the work to be the coordinator of the American missions work that we're going to do. Um, he's helped establish already our very first campaign here in the United States, which will go off, Lord willing, on October 21st to 24th. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we don't want this to work work to be about places, and Brian will speak more about that congregation in a moment, but we want it to be also in a work here that's local and national and impacting people, not just people in Africa and the Bahamas and other places like that. But Tim is a great resource, a preacher, a former elder, um, and just a great resource to have. I mentioned Casey Oakley. Um, he just most recently did some a flyover, and again, Brian will speak more about this, but over the hurricane zone um, where uh, Ida went through just a few weeks ago, and he's just pro just proving to be a great, great resource. And then finally, um, Gary Bond is also a uh, coordinator for the work, and he's working more on the disaster um, flight coordinations and that side of things. And like I said, I, I think Brian will have a little bit more to say about each one of those aspects as we go forward. We've also had several other volunteer pilots that are helping us. And, you know, you talk about vetting those individuals, which we want our pilots, we want those that are involved in this work to be members of the Church of Christ that have that same passion for the lost. And so that's something that we try to, to make sure that, you know, that they are vested in that and have a real interest. And thankfully, God, in a very short period of time, has delivered just a, a ton of great resources in these men and their families that want to be involved in this work. I know getting something like this off the ground is daunting. Um, I, just from our own personal experience, when we were starting this stuff, we have text messages 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, between each other talking about things. That, did y'all kind of experience something similar with that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we definitely uh, shoot each other. Well, especially Dennis uh, Dennis gets up pretty early. So (laughs) (laughs) sometimes he'll shoot a text or an email pretty early. But uh, no, it's good. And yeah, definitely random thoughts. Hey, what do you think about this? Oh, it's horrible. Okay, never mind. Uh, No, but uh, uh, a lot of times just just random thoughts that we want to run by each other. So important to have, like you guys said, have somebody to bounce those ideas off of and 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 just somebody to go through this whole process with together. And I think I think the Lord had his hand in that for probably both of our works. And as Dennis was saying, yeah, we, we do, uh, especially for the men that are going to be going on campaigns with us, we vet them for sure um, to make sure they're the right type of people. And um, there are, we are looking constantly for more volunteer Christian pilots for one of the works that we're going to be talking about uh, as we are helping with the disasters and doing aerial flyovers and things like that. Uh, definitely looking for more uh, more Christian pilots who are willing to volunteer their time and efforts for that. But um, but no, I think Dennis explained uh, as far as our our staff or whatever you want to call it uh, pretty well. Yeah, I actually I, so I actually know Gary Bond um, pretty well okay. actually. Um, he, he was I, I grew up in St. Louis, um, and so he yeah. uh, during their time in St. Louis when he was working with Boeing there. Um, they attended the same congregation that my dad preached at and that we were at. Um, so I actually got to know him and his wife and their, and their kids. Um, his daughter and my younger sister are like best friends. Um, so, so we, we know them. Of course they're actually, of course they're in Huntsville now. So they're, um, not, but. 45 minutes from where here we're here in Pulaski. Uh, so oh, okay. we're not too far away. Um, so we have that, we have that in common there a little bit. Let me ask you this. And you may, if you want to talk about this later on, you can, um, but you had mentioned uh, campaigns that you guys are going on. What is involved in a campaign and kind of, if you want to explain that, uh, what exactly your campaigns are and w- what's involved there? Sure. Well, as Dennis was saying, our very first campaign will be to Davis city, Iowa, and uh, it just kind of worked out that way that our first one is not actually going to be a flying campaign. It's, okay. it's just going to be driving to Iowa, which is obviously cheaper than flying to Iowa sure. <laughs> uh, and easier to do. But um, but so it, they will all involve door knocking and probably pre- well, this one preaching a gospel meeting and trying to encourage the brethren. Davis City is a a huge city of about 204 people. So, uh, um, so they have a very small congregation there and, um, but they're very evangelistic and and they're doing a lot of good, good things. Um, Albert Hadlock, the preacher, he's, he just got there. You may know him from Memphis, I think. And, uh, he, he, uh, he's doing a great work there ever since they've, he's gotten there. Uh, they seem to have gotten really active and involved in different things and evangelism. And so we want to help them wherever we can, uh, just help encourage them. It will be an ongoing relationship. It's not something where we just leave them. Okay. Hey, we went on this trip. Now we're done. We want to help them in whatever ways we can. Um, uh, you know, if they need to support their preacher more, if we can help raise support for a, a, a remote preacher in the United States, we'll do that. And so uh, it might be that, or it might be providing some other physical thing, but this particular time we're just going to go and we're going to door knock and uh, for a few days, have a gospel meeting for a few days and just try to encourage, encourage the congregation and try to reach some lost souls in the process. And, and uh, some, some, some trips we might have vacation Bible schools. Some uh, when we go on foreign campaigns might be medical 
Uh, just like Jesus did, he took care of the physical needs of the people so he could establish those relationships and preach preach the gospel to them. And so those will be some of the basic ideas. The whole purpose is to to reach lost souls. And if that means reaching out into semi-remote communities in the United States, well, I think we need to do that too. Sure. Um, our next trip will be to the Bahamas. Uh, that's where we're sort of trying to get our feet wet in the work. Uh, as far as the flying mission works, Casey Oakley is out of Montgomery, Alabama. And, and as Dennis said, he is a much more experienced pilot. And so it'll be nice to have him um, with, with us as we go out of the country for the first time and just trying to figure out how all of that works. We'll be flying to Long Island, Bahamas. There, is a, there used to be a congregation there. And after one of the hurricanes, it pretty much a lot of people left. And so there's like one or two people left there who are Christians who are trying to keep it going and they just need encouragement. And so we're going to go evangelize with them and and eventually reach out to all 31 inhabited islands of the Bahamas. Um, So we're going to try to establish Christians on every island, a congregation on every island if we can. Uh, that is the goal of the Bahamas work and, and really kind of where we're getting our feet wet into, into the mission aviation portion of the work. We have a lot of other areas that we're thinking about. Obviously, Tanzania, um, that is very dear to our hearts. And there is so much potential in Tanzania. Um, one of the areas, Chamala, uh, it is, and Dennis could probably speak even more to this, but uh they have a hospital there run by the churches of Christ. And that is a huge, that, that's a Chamal is already out in the bush uh, for them to have a hospital there. Um, that is a huge deal in that sure. region of Tanzania for, yeah. for the local people. And so they have built a runway to fly emergency patients in and out. And so that runway is there. Uh, and so again, we can kind of see the Lord's hand and maybe, allowing us to establish a work eventually there. Of course, it comes with its own challenges. We're going to have to find a way to get an airplane to have there, uh, whether that's renting or buying. We're going to have to have a missionary there full time. So somebody willing and capable of doing that. But but again, we've seen the Lord guiding us the whole way uh, and, and showing us kind of opening doors to where he might want us to serve. And uh, so, so that's going to be a really exciting thing. We're going to do a survey trip to Tanzania in February of next year. And uh, some other places we're looking into, right when I graduated preaching school, I went straight to the mission field of northern Canada, uh, British Columbia, right 20 miles from Alaska in a place called Prince Rupert. And, um, and it's a place that I've always wanted to go back to and try to help. And they have a lot of remote areas there where I think the airplane could really be utilized as well. Uh, in reaching some of those isolated places. Um, so so lots of different places we're looking into and, and trying to get established and uh, trying to get the right men for the jobs for each of these locations. Sure. So my, my next question is a little selfish. It's for Brian. Um, you said you left preaching in 2016 and uh, you go, well, you went to World Video Bible School. I'm about to leave my local work to start working at the Mm. Memphis school of preaching. And I'm just kind of curious for you to talk about that experience a little bit as you, as you ventured out away from that, what that was like for you as you kind of got started on this different journey. Well, well, okay, I'll start, but then you might not like my answer at the end. (laughs) So I'll preface with that. But at first, um, 
it was an adjustment. Um, it, it was a real adjustment to not be preaching every Sunday, not have lessons to prepare for. Um, and so that was certainly, and to, to sit and listen to somebody else, frankly, um, I was used to being the one to talk and, and to preach and, and all of that. And so it was certainly an adjustment. Um, I don't know if it was good or bad. I think it was just different. Um, starting at, at WVBS though, I was supposed to be traveling and I did start traveling a lot. Um, but, uh, the first six months I didn't, and I was really missing preaching. So here's where you probably don't want to hear it. <laughs> so I did get a preaching job. So I was working both jobs for three, for three and a half years. <laughs> so, sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> but, but I think right when I started that preaching job, I also started traveling for WVBS. Um, I think if I would have just been a little bit more patient, I would have realized I was going to be speaking a ton anyways. Right. Um, I think my last year at WVBS, I had, I had, tra- I was gone. I think I was gone like a hundred, over a hundred days that year. Wow. Uh, just speaking and traveling and, and whatever. And so, uh, and that was on top of doing the full-time preaching. And so uh, that was, that was a little much, but uh, it's just different. I don't think it's good or bad. It, I think people have, um, different ways they can serve the Lord. And if you're okay with that and you understand that, um, you can do so many amazing things, not in the pulpit. And that's a lesson for every Christian. I think, right. We don't all have to be preachers in the pulpit. We need preachers in the pulpit, but we can all do amazing things for the Lord in our own unique ways with our own special talents. Absolutely. 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 Let me ask you this. Um, and how, obviously the last couple of years of, our lives on this earth have been crazy. Um, it's been really weird, but has, has COVID affected any of y'all's like travelings and trying to set up campaigns and things like that has, cause I know it's affected a lot of brotherhood works and things like that. So how has that affected y'all and how have you guys kind of battled through that? Yeah, it's affected us. Um, the very first, uh, trip that Brian spoke about the survey trip to Kenya got canceled essentially because okay. of that. Mm-hmm. And then we eventually got our tickets uh, refunded to us. Um, so it affected us very, very early on, but, uh, you know, I think it's created some unique opportunities for us too. We might not have ever really looked at this work as seriously, um, you know, and it's kind of putting that into perspective a little bit. So, you know, it's kind of depends on if you look at things from half, you know, the, the glass half full or half empty, um, we're looking at it as opportunities. Uh, we realize that, Perhaps the places that we might want to go, Bahamas or Tanzania in the future, might have some restrictions, but that seems to change, you know, on a monthly basis as to what they're demanding of us and so forth. But, uh, you know, our idea is just just to look for those opportunities that we can capitalize on and and try to do the best we can. Yeah, I think the work may not may not have happened if it wasn't for COVID. I mean. Given, I know there's been a lot of bad, bad things that happened because of COVID, and we're still dealing with those, obviously, right now. But it just shows us the Lord can use even a terrible situation to, for His will to be done, Absolutely. in my opinion. And uh, and we see that in this work, because I don't think I would have had the time to dedicate to flight training, uh, for sure. And Dennis and I both probably wouldn't have had the the time or just uh, to, to be able to focus on on growing growing the work and, and starting it. And, and yeah, just maybe not the motivation either, just because we'd have normal everyday things pressing on us. And yeah. so I think it's had a lot of good things. Obviously the canceled trip wasn't 
great. I'm sure we might have more, but, uh, sure. and a lot of people have gotten sick and affected a lot of bad things. But, uh, again, the Lord can do amazing things even through bad situations. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people look at COVID and again, like you said, obviously a lot of the bad things that have come with it, but from the past couple of years have come such like Dennis said, unique opportunities and wonderful sure. open doors. Um, that like you guys said, may have never been open before. Um, and, it, and it's given Michael and myself a lot of time to sit down, um, and talk about our network. And, and this is kind of funny that back in, what was it? September, yeah. I guess of 20 or of 2019. Yeah. Um, no, no, no sorry. 2020. September 2020. Yeah. Um, he was going to come up and we were, we had talked about it. We didn't really know when we were going to launch. Um, and he came up here and his truck basically broke down. Um, and he was only supposed to be here for a, was a one night trip. Yeah. Like and, one day. Totally. He ended up being here for like five days. Um, but from that trip, we were able to get an overseeing congregation. We were able to plan mm-hmm. out who we wanted, what we wanted. And we launched like three months later or four months later. Yeah. So from some, from an unfortunate situation, yep. um, came, you know, a big opportunity for us. And like, I don't think we would be where we're at. No, that's one of the only times where a severed brake line is a good thing. <laughs> my, uh, I'm on my way up to Pulaski. I'm about an hour and a half away and my brakes went all the way to the floor and I thought, uh, I can do that math. I'm three hours total, three hour total trip. I'm an hour and a half from home, an hour and a half from Caleb. I'm just going to try to get to Caleb. <laughs> so uh, we got there and the the uh, mechanic in town said, I can fix it, but it's going to take uh, till Monday for the part to come in. Well, that was Thursday when I came in. So we ended up being here all that time, but it really was a blessing in disguise. And perhaps it was providential that, you know, God mm. saw me through that and we were able to plan <laughs> all of that. But uh, I, I'm very... Yeah very excited, you know, hearing about stuff like this. And I guess one of the things that, you know, it may have been touched on kind of as an overall theme and whatnot, but something that the people may want to know, if you had to say the purpose of Soaring for Souls, obviously we we know what the, the purpose is from a biblical standpoint, but why this work? What's the purpose behind it? Kind of giving somebody, you know, you can treat it like a three sentences or less type thing if you want to, or you can go as long as you want. But what is the purpose for this specific work? Why this over anything else? Well, number one, we want to reach lost souls from that very first mission campaign. We want to reach lost souls, and and uh, we think the mission field is one of the best places to do that. Uh, of course, everywhere is a mission field, but. Uh, but uh, some of the remote places where the gospel has never been preached, as Dennis was saying, about half of the people who die every single day will never have had an opportunity to hear the gospel. Well, we want to reach places that may never will, may never have a missionary come to them. Sure, may never have somebody teach them the gospel. And beyond beyond the gospel, then sort of a, uh, I think it it ties in, but. What we want to provide is something that I didn't have when I graduated preaching school. I was looking for a place to go, to train, to have a community of pilots doing this type of work because that's how I felt the best way that I could serve the Lord. We want to provide that place. And so what that also means is one of the things, and this maybe goes into uh, later, but this is something in the future that we're looking towards is a missionary flight school. We want to provide a place for maybe somebody coming out of the Memphis School of Preaching who then goes into the missions program there can then come to our place and we train them to fly in the mission field yeah. uh, or other brotherhood preaching schools or something like that or somebody who has the desire 
uh, just don't doesn't have a place to go and doesn't have a community and the camaraderie there, the encouragement that you need, because um, we're just kind of shooting in the dark here. We feel like, well, these people will have some guidance, some structure, and uh, that's longer than a two or three sentence answer. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. But that's the purpose, in my opinion, uh, of what we're trying to do. Doesn't it just tickle you, Pink, to to think that this is where our lives are now, that this is a possibility that what you just said, maybe a student out of preaching school could learn how to fly and be able to do these mission trips. Like, think think 40 years ago, think 20 years ago, you say that somebody, you'd get laughed off of the stage, you know, wherever you were speaking sure. at probably. So what a, what a great blessing. And like you said, 2020 was bad for a lot of reasons, but what a great blessing it was that it kind of kick-started a lot of congregations and elderships and ministers to say, now what? What do we do now? We've got to do something. And just like you just mentioned, it doesn't seem like the greatest time to start a new work, but man, this is just I'm just very excited for it. Well, and one, other thing, Go ahead. one other thing I just might mention, I, I, mean, I checked here in small-town Indiana, Portland, which Portland, Indiana is not big, um, just the other day, what does it cost to get your private pilot license? It's like $10,000. So for many people, it's very cost prohibitive to even sure. think about getting their PPL. And so what Brian's proposing, what we hope to do, Lord, Lord willing someday to offer that school to, you know, preachers that are just fresh out of college or fresh out of, you know, school and training is an opportunity to basically get your PPL for little or no costs. And there's a lot of hurdles, you know, ahead of us to to achieve that. We need a flight coordinator or someone that can train other pilots and, you know, some other things that, but, you know, we have an airplane in place. Now we, we actually, the, the work has a, an airplane, it's 1967, uh, Piper Cherokee. So it's, it's not, you know, your, your Rolls Royce, if you will, of, of, uh, you know, airplanes, but it's a solid plane. Sure. Brian had learned to fly in it and, you know, we could use that to be able to train, the pilots of the future and to be able to go out and address those that are coming right out. And, you know, it seems like in a large respect, you know, you can be very excited coming out of, uh, you know, Memphis or other schools, or at least we see that from preachers. We're hoping to maybe capitalize on some of their excitement and, you know, perhaps some of them want to be in Tanzania or the Bahamas or other places. And so maybe we can work as kind of a link in the chain with those schools to, to you know, to be able to place them in, in places in the, in the world that otherwise they might not have thought of, of going. So. Absolutely. That is, that's, uh, that man, it's so cool listening to kind of your vision for this and, and seeing what you're hoping to accomplish with it. And obviously we pray God's blessings uh, on, on this and, and your work and what you all hope to accomplish. Talk, talk about your future. What are some of the things that you guys are hoping to accomplish in the coming months, um, maybe even the coming years? What are some things that you want to accomplish? Uh, what do you hope, what do you hope for the future? Sure. So, you know, kind of, as we already mentioned some of that, but, uh, but, you know, one of the things that I don't think we've talked about yet too much is uh, what Gary Bond is the coordinator of for us is the disaster response um, flights. So we have developed a network of pilots. So when a disaster happens, we work with the disaster response team. And um, when a disaster happens, they call when they call us. Um, and we will then dispatch one of our pilots to go fly over an area and do aerial videography for them. 
And, uh, and what that does is, you know, a lot, a lot of times FEMA or other places don't get to them in time or not in a very timely manner as sure. to how big the disaster is. And um, so basically this video, this aerial video tells them in a much more timely manner uh, if they need to take their supplies there. And so Gary flew to Waverly, Tennessee, just wow. recently with the floods and, and Casey flew uh, to Louisiana with the hurricane. And, and uh, so that provided some video. And so we're trying to build, actively build our volunteer pilots so that we can eventually cover the whole United States if any sure. disaster happens. Th- these pilots may never get called. I right. Mean, you may never have a disaster in your area, but we're looking for Christian volunteer pilots who are willing, if they get called, if there's a disaster in their area, to go within a 200 nautical mile radius of their home airport and do these flights for us if this ever happens. Um, as we said, we are also, I'm in the process of training for my instrument rating. Basically, as a private pilot, I can fly on really, really good days when it's really pretty outside. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm training for the instrument rating um, so that we can fly many more days into the clouds and things, which is much needed in, on the mission field. Sure. And then eventually for me to get to be a flight instructor so that I can either begin the school or we would love if there was somebody, a flight instructor within the Lord's church who wants to serve in this way, um, we would love to have them work with us and help us start this school. And then that could happen a whole lot sooner than just waiting for me to train. And they probably have a whole lot more experience too. Again, I'm willing to do it, but uh, there's probably somebody more qualified if they're willing to do it. And we would love for that too. And so again, looking further to the future, a community of pilots, a place to go for these people. And obviously along the way, we're establishing these mission works in the United States, in the Bahamas, in Tanzania, there may be mission works right now, people on the mission field in the South Pacific or somewhere else who say, man, I would love it if we had a missionary pilot here that could help us get farther. And, uh, and, that, and maybe they contact us and we can send them somebody or we know of somebody who's willing to go. And so that's kind of our vision as we're looking towards the future. Sure. Have you all, have you all thought about any, like I know, for example, where I'm currently preaching, we have a member who went and got his pilot's license. And he, nice. he actually flies his wife in their, their plane that they have on their vacations. You know, what a, what a wonderful thing to be yeah. able to do. And uh, yeah. I hope my wife's not listening to that because I have no intention of learning <laughs> how to fly a plane or buy one. But uh, would that be something where any, any, anybody can get involved, basically, if they, if they have the, the know-how or want to? Yes. Yes. That's, if, that's what we're looking for. People like you who know a Christian pilot in the church. Put us in contact with them so that we can reach out and say and, and show them what we're offering. Really, just one more way to serve is what we're offering. If if there's ever a disaster in your area here, we, we would love for you to be a volunteer pilot in this area. Or, as Dennis mentioned earlier, come fly with us sometime on, on the mission field. I don't. Uh, once we get established a little bit more, we'll have many more opportunities like that to to come with us. That's great. That's really great. One other thing is to kind of add to that, you know, our vision for the future is, yeah, we would like people to come with us on board, the, the, you know, the flight that, that we take, but 
you know, our grander idea really in a way is also to have like an air force and, you yes. know, maybe we fly to the Bahamas, which by the way, isn't a bad place to be in February. And you just say, <laughs> you know, we're planning this and we, we put the word out and maybe there's three or four pilots around the United States that have volunteered for it and say, we'd like to be a part of that. And, you know, so that we have a squad, if you will, yeah. of, of pilots that are able to transport people and, and maybe potentially medical needs. Um, we know that those, those islands, are ravaged by hurricanes, but who knows where God will take this in the future. But we just want to kind of keep our, you know, our eyes open to where God might lead it. Definitely. What a, what a neat opportunity um, y'all have presented before you. Um, and obviously we hope everything continues to go well for y'all. When we, uh, when we post this episode, um, we, we reach, um, we reach a few people um, through our, our social media, stuff like that. So we'll definitely post about, um, if anybody's a pilot looking to help, you know, we'll definitely have them, uh, we'll definitely send them your way and do all that we can to, to get you guys in contact, uh, with them. May, maybe somebody's out there. They want you to know more about you guys. Um, where can, where can they find, uh, and more information about you, social media, website, things like that. How can they get in contact and where can they find y'all? Sure. We have a website that Dennis designed, soaringforsouls.com. Um, that's exactly how it's spelled, exactly how it sounds, soaringforsouls.com. Um, we are also on Facebook. We try to update that as much as we, as much as we can as to our, our activities. Um, probably more, more week to week activities on there than, than our website, but, uh, or feel free to, and I think our phone numbers and things are on there or our, or emails, feel free to, feel free to email us or, or contact us in any way. Absolutely. Well, definitely we will put all these things in our show notes below. Um, that way maybe somebody's listening to this, they're interested on how to reach out, how to find you. They can f- do so. Uh, all the links in our show notes below. Michael, do you have anything um, as we close out uh, today's episode? I mean, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I mean, to, it's just so cool. I'm sorry. It really is. It is so cool to think, you know, I, I wrote down here, pilot-based mission work. Like who would have ever thought right. that that would be a, a legit thing? And, uh, just praise be to God that this type of stuff can happen. And I'm thankful for men like y'all and your team and all that are involved. And we'll definitely be keeping y'all in our prayers. Appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate you what you guys are doing as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking some time today to be with us. To our listeners, again, as always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to our podcast. As always, we do ask for ratings and reviews on whatever platform it is that you use. Also, if you can, as always, go to our website, sign up for our monthly newsletter. Um, and there on our website, you can find all the information that you need to know. On behalf of everyone here at Scattered Broad, thank you so much for tuning in and God bless. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.